0: This is The Water Table. A chance to hear the agricultural side of these issues. place for people to go find information and education. Water management is just going to become even more critical into the future. How misunderstood what we do is. I would encourage people to open their minds and listen to this dialogue. This week, we're taking the Water Table podcast on the road to Melbourne, Iowa. We will be visiting the Iowa Leica farm and the Iowa Leica Field Day. Join us as we interview some great guests. Welcome back to the Water Table podcast. Uh, We're back at the Iowa Leica farm site here in uh, July of 2023. And uh, I have Josh Schneider with me now. Josh is with Contractor Solutions and uh, works in the whole safety area, has been with them for five or six years now, and I just wanted to talk to Josh about safety in our industry and uh, what Contractor Solutions provides, and so welcome to the podcast, Josh. Thank you.
1: I appreciate your time for letting me come on here.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So let's just start with... uh, what what does Contractor Solutions do? What what is your main objective, and how do you connect to people?
1: Uh, we do a lot of different things, but our biggest thing is trench safety. That is what we're geared towards. That is what our owner started the end or started the business for is to make sure when people are doing their job, they're doing it safely. Um, and we offer a wide variety of. Equipment, not just for trench safety, but confined space safety. Oh, we're we're safety. We're a safety oriented company um, that we rent and sell other things that contractors would use day in and day out as well. But our focus is safety. Uh, that's what we're here for. Sure, sure. So a lot of a lot
0: of in this industry and in the uh, farm drainage contractors that are managing water on the farm and you know they're. They're either installing pipe or they're installing structures, you know, whatever it might be. A lot of times they're, they're digging holes, right? And, and uh, you have to, uh, there's, a, there's things that happen when you have an open trench and there's things that you need to be aware of. And um, I know that, you know, one of the terms you guys use is shoring. Let's talk about shoring a little bit. It's a pretty common term in our industry, but just explain that, what that really means.
1: For shoring, there's actually, it's a, it's a broad term for a, a bunch of different options that you can actually use to shore up uh, a situation, where it would be hydraulic shoring, which is um, jacks that you actually pressurize the walls with, with fin form board and put outward pressure, or there is uh, aluminum trench box, where that is just a static type of shoring system where it's not pushing outward, it's just in there to protect from something caving in, or a steel trench box. Um, sheet piling, which is by itself, it's not a engineered system. It have, would have to be um, signed off on by an engineer. But there's also slide rail systems. Um, that's for bigger pits, stuff like that, wet, um, nastier conditions. But shoring is, is a general term. And what's what's often overlooked is people think, okay, I'm in this hole. There's only one way to shore it, and that is not the answer. We have numerous different products and lines that i could shore up one hole three or four different ways and guys always think that sloping um or benching typically a lot of people will bench and that's not actually in iowa we typically classify our soil as sea soil and you can go out to a job site and you'll see a bench on it and legally Perosha, that's actually not to the standard um so sloping is actually a form of of shoring up a hole as well. But there are a, a ton of different options. It's just often overlooked to be honest, sure, uh, sure. especially smaller uh companies, they just this is the way we've been doing it, so we're just going to keep doing it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you know, a lot of times um people that contractors work in a certain area and they kind of know the soils, they know the conditions and uh like you just said this is the way we've done it and we know how the soils work here so this is the way we're going to continue to do it or we're going to do it next time and in reality things can change with how how wet it is or how dry it is um you know conditions can change from one area to another and just doing it properly can really save you um you know can save you a tragedy really
1: yes um <laughs> yeah we're in Iowa I mean the ground you can hit a sand pocket here and you could hit blue clay 30 feet away. Mm-hmm. Um, the ground is different. Um, and it does change daily. Yeah. I mean rain, it affects how how that our our shoring systems. Um, it affects our ground. and you know, it does need to be addressed and always looked at. you know, actually, in, in or in the US last year, there were 39 deaths in trench and excavation uh, just in the U.S. That's just deaths. That is not any number of cave-ins where people were rescued. And there was actually, there's been two already, not deaths, but cave-ins in Iowa this year where they had to have rescue come out. Yeah. Um, and it, what it was, it's something, yep, we've been doing it this way for how long? And something changed, and a collapse can happen. I show. I teach safety classes as well and i show a video it was from mexico a couple of years ago and he was 10 to 15 feet down and they're yelling at him and all he got was he could turn around and it was already he was covered up so yeah. th- it changes and it's off it's all it's overlooked quite frequently to be honest the right. the shoring and people don't realize how much actually a, a cubic yard of dirt weighs. right um which can be anywhere from 2,700 to 3,000 pounds for a cubic yard. And you actually, when you get a bucket, that's a cubic yard and you spread it out on the ground. It doesn't look like that much, right, right. Um, but it is a, it, it's a good industry to be in, but safety still has to be the number one priority, you know, um, because with the equipment that you're using and the weight of everything, you know, it's not an industry where you can cut corners Yeah, because everything's so heavy, heavy and damage to people property you know can happen just like that
0: yeah yeah and that's my experience which i've i've never been in a situation where um there's been a trench collapse but i do know how quickly that can that can happen there's just no way for you you can have a pretty wide trench and be down in there and feel like you know well if this collapse i've got plenty of space to move around and Mm -hmm. it happens so fast you can't there isn't anybody that's Agile and quick enough to to beat it, you know, to jump up on the side bank or on on you know whatever might be their ladder or whatever. If you don't have it properly short,
1: yeah, and and like a lot of we're trying to get new people in the industry, and you know without actually being in the industry, they don't know the rules and regulations and a lot of the older gentlemen, you know, they're going off of what they were taught and not actually what the regulations are. And I I see it in my classes quite a bit, whereas, well, this is how we've been doing it. Just because that's how you've been doing it doesn't mean it's the correct way. Um, You know, it's, we actually, the guidelines are there, the regulations are there for a reason. And it's, they're often just kind of people treat them as a gray area versus actually it should be a, a red and black line, you know, whereas this is what it is. Right. It's it's something that, I don't know, we, we deal with it all the time. You know, you don't ever want to hear about it, but it is something that could potentially happen anywhere on any job site if it isn't being actually shored up or protected correctly. I mean, how many job sites are people digging in the dirt today? Right. I mean... I mean it's just something that needs to be addressed. It's, it shouldn't be a question, hey, do we need this? It's yes, we have to. Right, right,
0: right. Um is, uh, is a trench box typically like the, would that be the most common use of, a, of shoring or the most common way of shoring a trench?
1: Yes, yep, it is. Um, and the sizes of trench boxes, I mean, we have some, like you can get a box that's four foot by four foot, four foot long, you know, four foot wide. Um, up to, I think on, a, on our rental fleet, we have a couple 28-foot-long boxes in steel boxes versus aluminum. And it's, it, it depends on what size you need, what your equipment is, but also how deep you're going yeah. for, for yeah. your depth rating. Um, and that's always looked at. But, yeah, the trench box is frequently or the most common one that is is used because yeah. you can use it. You can move them with the equipment, um, slide them around, along your trench. Um, pretty handy as far as what you're what you're doing
0: yeah and that's what i was just gonna go is just to explain to listeners that how that works is you know if it's if you're installing stick pipe or or a structure or something you you know you had a trench box and then you get done with that section you move it slide it move it slide it as you go so the people in the in the trench are always within the confines of the box
1: yes they are never you're never supposed to be outside of a trench box um even your ladder is supposed to be inside the trench box as well. Um, you're never supposed to be outside of that. I have videos and stuff of they have a trench box there. It's actually two of them stacked. And the point of the video is this is why you never step outside of the trench box because trench box is in, in the hole, but it collapses behind the trench box after yeah, they slid yeah. it down their hole. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it is, you know, you will be putting your, your stick of pipe in there. Your guys will be in there working. And then once that is, they make the connection and grade it for the next part, they slide the trench box yeah. along and continue yeah. continue progressing with yeah. their work. Yeah. So at, uh,
0: at Contractor Solutions, you guys also are, um, what other kind of safety measures and safety um, techniques do you teach and, and share and maybe sell or rent equipment for?
1: Um, we do confined space stuff. I actually have two pieces of equipment here today, um, a tripod for like going down in manholes, as well as a davit system. And I, I have a different setup on the davit system today. You can actually just have it set up on the ground like a typical tripod. Um, but I actually have it hooked up to my truck and it's a hitch mount. Cause not uh, ideally, you know, use for using a tripod you want it on flat ground and the job sites aren't always flat. So we're always looking and adding any new safety feature. Um, something that we just added this in the last month, I believe, is something for ladders. Typically, when you're ladder, your ladder for, for all of your any excavation or even roof is supposed to be three feet above the landing point. But then you actually typically have to step around the ladder. Whereas yeah. now there's something, it's an addition to the ladder where it widens actually the ladder out and it adds to that three foot so you can actually walk through it versus being a hazard trying to walk around the ladder. Sure. Um we're like I said, we're a safety company, we're geared towards it. And anything new safety-wise, we're going to try to have it. Yeah. Um, the confined space stuff, air monitors, that's often overlooked, too, is air monitors, like going in confined space, You know, making sure you're testing it before you actually go in. Um, i trying to think what else. Most, every, pretty much all of my stuff is safety-related. Yeah. Uh, steel has a new saw that actually has a, a brake on it because kickbacks are a thing when they're cutting pipe for safety where it actually if it has a gyroscope in it and if it senses a kickback it actually stops a blade because there's numerous people where i've been cut in the face the neck all of it so we're we're really geared towards safety sure sure um safety classes we i i actually am an instructor a nuca certified instructor for competent person uh, which is excavation safety as well as confined space osha 10 hour i'm and uh, CPR, first aid, that's required actually by OSHA every two years to for these companies to have their um, people, CPR and first aid, um, taught as well to know that.
0: Sure. When you talk about confined space, mm-hmm. um, do you see more, and I'm curious about this question, do you see more people that are, aren't are as concerned with trench safety or with confined space? I would say
1: confined space,
0: Yeah. to, to, would, to be totally my, honest. That would have been my guess, but not being in that industry. Yeah, that.
1: I, I have a prime example. We go out in June and do like a trench safety stand down where we try to go to job sites, as many as possible, and, and just do a quick toolbox talk. And last year the year before, I went out and did a toolbox talk and talked about, you know, using an air monitor before you go into a confined space. As I'm pulling away from the job site, the superintendent actually is stepping on or putting a ladder down on a manhole and just goes right in. I stop and go. What do you? What was the point of my conversation? So I would say it is the yeah. confined space yeah. it's more so overlooked. Like the bigger companies, it's not a it's not an option for for trench safety. It, it really isn't. They have if something would happen on their job site, right. they're pretty much probably going to be closing their door. So right. I see it. The confined space stuff is is often overlooked because yeah. um, I mean a trench actually could be considered a confined space, and you. you most people aren't actually testing their confines or their trenches for bad air. But what I, what I try to tell people in my classes is know where you're digging. If it's an old, um, landfill or gas station, you, you want to be testing that ground before you're going in it because there's potentially a bad atmosphere for that. So I would say the cons- confined yeah. space is often overlooked.
0: Well, and it's interesting. You know, as we sit here and talk about this and the safety and, um, and how bad things can happen both you and i sitting here are talking about things where we we actually know people that have died in both situations in trench safety and in confined space because they didn't do the proper safety um, didn't take the proper safety measures and it really is you know with all of the technology out there it's really easy to do especially in confined space now with it's, it's not as much, you know, you have to have a trench box, you have to have whatever, and in confined space, you just have to have a monitor, that's all.
1: So. Yeah, yep, and with a confined space, you want to make sure you have two ways of in and or access, um, a ladder and then a winch, or uh, like I have set up, a winch and an SRL, but most people are just one way in and out on the confined space, and the trench box is, is an easier one, because it, it's there, you can see it, whereas... Uh, the confined space with the air monitors. Uh, it's it's when you hear when you read something about in your industry, like somebody died, it's just like a punch in the gut, especially when you're in the safety industry and and it's in your area, especially, you know, it's just it could have like, been prevented. yeah, one hundred percent. like yeah. did i did I not reach out far enough to yeah. get to them or
0: is no? there any uh, I'm curious about, is there in the trench safety side, is there any? protocol from a safety standpoint if you find yourself in a collapsed trench situation where it's happening what you should do is there any safety things you y- can do or is it just too late at that point uh
1: no you you should call nine one one immediately and it depends where you're at you know smaller smaller areas where the, vol- the fire department is volunteered they're typically not trained in trench rescue but i know des moines They have a trench rescue, confined space rescue. But first thing is calling 911. And then getting shutting the equipment off, getting um, any extra weight away from the edge of the excavation, and, uh, you know, getting it safe. Rule number one on a trench rescue, and it's actually 60% of the people that die in a trench collapse are would-be rescuers. Because they see somebody get caved in on, and two or three people jump in, and typically are what can happen is the other side of the wall will collapse so it's actually that number is 60 percent are would-be rescuers versus uh the people that it actually collapsed on the original collapse so shutting everything off getting weight added, added weight away from the trench and one other thing is if there's any indication like a hard hat shovel anything like that of where they were buried don't move it leave it there and get get um emergency rescue there as quickly as possible. One other thing that I tell all of our all of our people uh, when I teach the classes is our job sites are actually not that easy always to find. I mean, with, with Leica, you know, these guys could be out in the middle of the field somewhere. You know, if you're calling 911, get somebody to the nearest road, whatever, because the job sites could be huge as well, that you can actually get rescue to where you need to be. Because it's yeah. often overlooked, yeah, we'll call 911, but yeah. It might not be on a, a map to even get you where you're at. So. Yeah, well, I'm glad I asked that question
0: because, you know, oftentimes we talk about what to do to prevent it from happening. And that's that would be the best, right, to prevent things from happening. But if they do happen, at that point, you're in a situation that most people have never been in before. Their adrenaline's going, all that. What to do, and you know, the simple thing, like you said, call 911 number, you know, get that going so they can get there as quickly as possible. But then, those other little tips mm-hmm. I think are just important for people to remember and to know. Yep, we're not going in.
1: Yeah, even family member, you know, you're it's a co worker that you've been working with for how long? The first instinct, because it is you have that personal tie to, to them, is to get in there, and it's the wrong thing to do because yeah. you could put yourself. How
0: about how about anything on um, a person that's in the trench? Is there anything they can do when they they know that they're in trouble to hopefully stay alive if they're going to get in a bad situation or not?
1: Um, they say to try to build as much of an air pocket as you can, but it's, I don't it's remember they don't it's, they don't so really teach anything for it. Yeah. yeah, the weight you're not going to be able to hold it up. Um, typically and what what everybody says is as you you know breathe in it just keeps getting tighter and tighter it's just like in the farming industry like where you hear people getting in a grain bin you know and it just keeps tightening and tightening it's the same situation but as much of an air pocket as you can and just wait because you're not going to be able to move Yeah, typically Yeah.
0: yeah yeah Well, good. Thank you for your time here on the water table today, and for some really valuable information about safety and trench safety in our industry. Um, we'll put the your your information from Contractor Solutions on on the notes of this episode. And uh, what areas do you guys work? Are you mostly just Iowa? Or are you are you-
1: We actually are expanding. We have a branch in. We're in Iowa, um, the whole state. We have Omaha uh, area, Kansas City, and now into Tulsa, and we're working on St. Louis. We're trying to okay. get out in the whole Midwest. So yeah. well, good, just keep good. going. We'll,
0: we'll see if we can promote you through the Water Table podcast. So I, thanks for being with us today, Josh. I greatly appreciate your time. Thank yeah. you. Well, thanks for listening to this episode. I have so much fun uh, recording these. I hope you have as much fun listening as I do recording. These episodes are available on all major podcast platforms as well as YouTube. So find them and download them when you can. Thanks for joining us.